I, I hear a story in front of me and I don't know what to say. And so the only thing I can ask for through God is like, God, be here, be now. Um, Holy Spirit, speak through me. Uh, give me the words that would encourage this person. Let them know that you are the one that loves them. Well, hello everyone. My name is Doug and I'm one of the pastors here at Lord's Love Church. And everything we do here is to help you receive and live out the love of Christ. Thanks for tuning in if this is your first time listening and welcome back for those who have joined us here before. Whether you call LLC home or not, we're just glad that you're here. This is episode nine of our podcast, a segment called Stories from the Church, where we share stories from the church that are for the church. Today's conversation is with Dr. Jermaine Lee, and she has a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine from the International College of Traditional Chinese Medicine of Vancouver. At Lord's Love, she's quite involved, serving currently as a deacon, a member of our English ministry leadership team, and she's also a leader of a life group, among with some other leadership roles. We talk about how she transitioned from animal biology into traditional Chinese medicine, or TCM for short, along with how she lives uh, out her faith at the intersections of TCM and Christianity. We go a little bit deeper in terms of how we are uh, are to live and understand this topic as Christians. We also explore our experiences and thoughts as second-generation Canadian-born Chinese in terms of living in between our time now and our history, culture, and family backgrounds. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Jermaine Lee. Well, hi, Jermaine. Hello. It's uh, good to have this conversation with you today. I've been looking forward to this, especially with the topic that we're having in the field that you're in with traditional Chinese medicine and Christianity and the culture that we're in in our church. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's been quite fascinating. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating to be part of it. Yeah, well, I, I don't think I know many people uh, that are in the field to begin mm-hmm. with and then to be so specifically that you're a dedicated Christian and follower of Christ uh, and you're you're in this uh, this is the work that you do in the field that you're in um, I think many listeners are fascinated with that as well a quick fun question uh, if you had a paid year off fully like one year off finances was not an issue right how would you spend it interesting question because uh, my mind immediately jumps to, oh, people would say travel. <laughs> but for me, travel probably would not be the first thing. I think there's this aspect of living life together with people or with friends that include traveling and include making memories that, um, yeah, I, I guess that's something I would be a lot more focused on that could include traveling. But I think the first thing I would do would probably visit family, okay. um, yeah. spending time with family. And when I say spending time, it's really just going to yum cha, drink, having tea, because um, that's basically what they like to do. Playing mahjong, because that's also what they like to do. Um, yeah, making memories like that where I see them happy or like them enjoying the time that we have together and then having conversation with them. So. That's probably the first things I would do. Mm. And second, probably something along the lines of missions, like going to the mm. places that, um, yeah, being able to just invest a bit more time into the people in the places that God has placed on my heart for mm. a bit more. I, I kind of thought of this icebreaker question because Asha was interested in what, what you would say because traveling, it's interesting. It's part of your story in terms of you're not a huge fan of traveling, but then you are 
mission-minded, which has pushed you to travel mm-hmm. so out of your comfort zone. And that's part of your story there. Yeah. So I was thinking like most people would be like, well, I had a whole year off, man. I'm on a world cruise <laughs> or I'm, I don't know, backpacking <laughs> around the world or something like that. But that will stress you out. Like, like it already stresses me out <laughs> as you're telling me. I'm like, no, thank you. No more than a day on the on the seas. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I was gonna ask you, like you are a deacon at, at church. Mm-hmm. This is your first year. This is my uh, first year. <laughs> first year. What a year. What a year what to go a into year the deacon to start. board. <laughs> I go into the deacon board. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, I remember quite quite specifically the elections happened the the the, the fall before right this year mm-hmm. so it was like last november or something like that uh november 2019 right. and i remember you saying it's like i'm like oh like jermaine you're running for deacon that's really great and you're saying and you said something along the lines of this really isn't up to me mm. uh, it's something that i need to do it's something that i need to follow god in and i really feel like that's the case in many other decisions mm. that you make I, I see a theme in a, in a thread uh, of of you saying something like that, so like, how do you normally go about making big decisions like this? Uh, I, I actually, sorry, let's back up a little bit. How how has it been being on the deacon board, like of tw- being in twenty twenty year of COVID? It's been a an interesting one, of course. Um, I expected nothing less, um, but this has been actually very enjoyable. I think for me, <clears throat> part of being on leadership. I explained uh, maybe a few days ago in another leadership meeting that even in the leadership meetings themselves, I find that I think it's because I have, I gravitate towards getting to know someone deeply. And um, to me, being a part of a leadership team is an opportunity to, to have that, to have those deeper conversations, to get to know someone's uh, thoughts and how they think and the reasons behind what they think and, um, just with the experience that's led up their background and, and how it's kind of led up to who they are today. Um, so for me, like maybe those are my board games. I, I think I've shared to some of you guys before, um, just not really enjoying board games. <laughs> yeah, to me, it seems very uh, superficial, but I think many have shared as well that that's the place where they hear people and get to know people through those kind of settings. And for me, it's actually in leadership meetings and in serving with one another because that's I feel when when people are the most feeling the most defensive when there's conflict when uh or even when there's agreement or you celebrate together like I feel like those milestones are something worth cherishing so that's what I was looking forward to moving into this uh new year and how to better serve our church together I think when we have a common goal that's really exciting. Um, That's something we go back to. The common goal being Jesus being made king in our in our church and in our community. So yeah, I, I I feel like this year has been fun. Um, It's been a little bit harder with it being all online and half more than half of our team being a little bit uh, more technology challenged, but we've gotten through and yeah. It's been really good conversation so far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being in, uh, I'm very, I've been appreciative of you being on the leadership team. Uh, you serve in ECC, so our English ministry team, mm-hmm. and also the deacon board. So I've seen you serve in those two capacities this year anyway. And I, I, I think in the trend in Vancouver and maybe in Canada, I don't know, I can't speak for all churches, 
you know, but, mm. but like the, the trend of people that are in the English ministry serving in a trilingual team, mm. it's very rare. Actually, I, I would say like generally people wouldn't run towards it. They're kind of be like, I, you know, that doesn't sound like a good time to me. Right. <laughs> like, because again, like you mentioned those uh, in these leadership meetings already, if it's already just, um, of course, there's never a single culture, but what I mean, mm-hmm. a single language, mm-hmm. uh, even if we all grew up in the same place and have a similar culture, I guess, uh, even there, there's tensions because we're making decisions, it's high mm-hmm. stress, especially this year. Mm-hmm. But in a setting where it's trilingual, English, Cantonese, and Mandarin, people coming from all different parts of the world, coming together as one church, mm-hmm. trying to discern what it means that Jesus is king yeah. over this one, one setting. I, I find many people not wanting to be in that decision. Uh, and then be, being in that context, uh, but you do, you said that. And the reason why it's because if I'm hearing you well, it's because of the people mm-hmm. and you're learning uh, people's styles. You're learning to be with them and, and you enjoy being with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I distinctly remember uh, being in university and someone just telling me, or I remember maybe it's a sermon, but I remember hearing something along the lines of, um, that we need to listen to people's hearts and not their words. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't listen to people's words, but I think that really stuck with me about uh, what it means to get to know someone. Ne- doesn't necessarily mean that that person must be speaking in a kind tone or in a constructive necessarily manner even, but um, maybe this is intertwining with my field of people and reading people <laughs> and uh, being observant as well. Um, but I think there's always a backstory to why things are said and who people are. And uh, I think that understanding of a person goes beyond words. Um, so that's, that's really been helpful when it comes to meetings is not only listening to what is said, but maybe just wanting to get to know people's heart because um, God knows people's hearts. And if God cares about people's hearts, then I feel like there is purpose for me to care too. And you do find yourself in these interesting crossroads, right? Of people and different cultures. Yeah. I, we'll get into the traditional Chinese medicine part later. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that really is a big crossroad. And mm-hmm. uh, the deacon board right now, that's a big crossroad of different cultures uh, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. Um, and in fact, like you're in, tra- um, you're in traditional Chinese medicine now, but that wasn't your background. No. Before. So you, you mentioned about, uh, you're from Toronto, you and your family moved to Vancouver, and then you went back into the Toronto area uh, where you studied animal biology at the University of Guelph. Yep. Right. That's so how correct. did you, how, how did you make that decision? How did you uh, make that transition? What was that time like? Hmm. Well, first off to preface all things, um, I'm a person of very little ambition. <laughs> Um, and I, I laugh at myself about that because I think with everything that I've experienced in life, um, that's just, it, it just seems to ring true that I'm easily content, um, which is a good thing, Mm. but also I fall into the trap of being comfortable a lot Mm. and wanting comfort because yeah, easily content. Um, so, so yeah, with that preface, a, a huge factor for many of my life decisions actually come from my my dad, who's a man of many ambitions. Um, I don't know if you guys follow 
my Instagram, not that I need to plug anything, but oftentimes, like even in this COVID time, he's just started project after project. Um, he's just someone who I, I know to be like super hardworking and, and it just never stops. I don't know how he does that because I can't, but he has that heart and um, he has that excitement. So uh, my relationship with him has really been a big fuel uh push I guess you can say a push towards many of the things that I've I've kind of gone for or attempted even to go for so uh, when it comes to university yeah I I've always liked animals um I feel like when that introverted side of me of not needing to speak necessarily and and yet still I'm having a different language which is I think body language and even uh the there's like this wave, this connection with animals that I think does not need to be spoken in words. So I've often liked that. Um, and I also found people to be, uh, I'm gonna be very honest here, kind of mafan or like having a lot of thoughts and having a lot of complications. Like um, a, a person has a lot of complications and um, complex people. So uh, since I was young, I think I, I read I understood people a lot about observing, but I also wanted to run away from that. So to me, like veterinary seemed like a good call because I got to hang out with the creatures that I did not need to speak with um, and also kind of step away from having to deal with people. And um, and hence I was like, okay, let's, let's see if uh, this field is something I can pursue and so moved to Ontario, Guelph, Ontario, as um, there's a college there for veterinary. Mm. And I just figured maybe if I am closer with the professors there, that will help me with getting into the vet school. Um, it's a whole, like, you need to get your undergrad and then you need to go into the college. So yeah, I went there and then I completed my, my four years. But by the end of four years, um, I still didn't have high enough marks for mm. what I thought for applying for and then to be able to get in. I didn't even apply for it <laughs> because I just saw my marks being not high enough. It's, it's very competitive uh, for those who have tried or have gotten in. <laughs> Congrats. Um, but yeah, that's something that by the end of four years, I realized maybe I need to switch gears here. Maybe, maybe this is a door that's actually closing. Um, but I took an extra year just to try to boost my marks up there. So within that fifth year, um, I was part of a fellowship there called Asian Christian Fellowship. And that's part of the school. And I was heavily involved in that fellowship as well. And I won't get into the details of that. But uh, throughout that year, uh, God really spoke to me. I remember distinctly that uh, hearing a lot about being missional and how missions isn't just something you do um, but it's a it's a lifestyle as similar to worship not just something you do on a sunday morning or when you put on that music um it's it's a lifestyle and so just learning about that really changed my perspective on life and on my purpose in this life uh what god's calling me to do um so yeah my i guess my heart started to change in wanting to first run away from people to sort of wanting to gear my or focus my career on people and having those opportunities um, to have those conversations and to 
be able to share share about Jesus and the love that he's like he's shown me so without really human contact I'm pretty sure (laughs) they would never hear so yeah that was that was kind of the beginnings of one door closing and then Mm. one door opening was uh, being at a school fair and realizing hey there's Chinese medicine um, acupuncture at least um, being taught in New York and I thought to myself I thought Chinese medicine is something that you need to go to China, fly to China, climb up a mountain, find a master, and then, you know, they'll teach you their wise, wise ways. Um, Isn't that how you learned? Oh, I wish. (laughs) Um, So actually, after that, I was like, oh, actually, a a huge memory was triggered um, into uh, my own experience with Chinese medicine and, and how it's actually given me hope in my own life because of a health issue that I had when I was young that I totally forgot about throughout growing up. And it wasn't until that moment when I thought, hey, I remember, you know, getting acupunctured, um, sitting on that, on someone's couch, um, because it was a a home clinic, which, you know, these days I wouldn't suggest. But um, back then, it was something that I, I, I sought out because that was my last hope. And uh, getting needles um, into my body. Uh, and somehow within two months of, you know, constant treatment, uh, that that issue resolved. And mm. I never believed in it, I think, back then, too. Uh, but I just remember that setting, the setting of being able to have that conversation with that practitioner and being still for an hour with the needles in me uh, doing homework <laughs> on the side. So, yeah, it, it just somehow it feels like the puzzle pieces came together of this might be something that's um, being able to utilize all the different gifts or uh, enjoyments in life, which is putting pieces together, puzzle pieces together, and uh, and then being able to help people as well. I find it fascinating because, uh, first off, thanks for sharing that. Mm. Uh, I think that really gave a good uh, picture of how you came into doing what you're doing now and and how you have a passion for what you're doing now. And again, the theme that I see, the thread that I see, it's people. Mm-hmm. And as much as you enjoy working with animals, like, they're not, yeah, they're not yeah. people, right? So it's different, uh, as you mentioned. But I find it fascinating, though. You started off by saying you're a person of little ambition. Mm-hmm. Is that some, yep. something like that, right? Like what you said. And I find it fascinating is because if you do consider yourself a person of little ambition, I wonder how you wrestled with that throughout university. And even going wanting to apply for vet mm. vet school and in doing now because without ambition you still need some sort of drive mm. right right or or else you wouldn't there wouldn't be any movement so i'm wondering actually from your perspective like how how did you wrestle with that then in terms of you consider yourself someone a little ambition you, and you preface that with saying like it's because you're content uh, and mm. I, I do i do agree with that like, i do see you being a very content person mm-hmm. And that is a word I would describe Jermaine, uh, describe you with like being a content person, but how do you, how do you wrestle with that? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Being in a, in a, like you said, there's competition in school. And then the reason why you're in school is because it is forward looking too, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't go into school because right. well, hopefully not. And I, I've been there where I, I just went to school just because, and I didn't find it very enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. So how did you wrestle with it? Having ambition or as a leader feeling like you need ambition? 
I feel like I still wrestle with this. It's not um, over and done. Uh, sometimes being somebody who, so I've, uh, another preface, uh, I'm a people person, clearly. Um, people pleasing person is kind of how I grew up. And that was a, a lean towards that direction of uh, value and worth. And when I, when I understand the people around me, when I, when I can pinpoint for them even like the, what the issues are before they can see it themselves, I found value in that. And um, so I think when it comes to ambition, it sort of came from pride of like the things that I could do. Um, but a huge pushing factor in terms of like where I would go, I would still say that it was my dad. Um, having conversation with him throughout life and sharing with him like all of my interests to to all the things that I I thought maybe could be possible he he's a person who takes ideas and then kind of turns them into true possibilities like even the idea of like moving away for school or going to China for internship for TCM it's like there's so many things that I would have never wanted to research out myself I just don't enjoy change and I think that's speaks into the contentment slash comfortable aspect of me um but yeah what back going back to people I think I think I can speak mainly for myself but um I do know that I'm privileged to be able to even go to school and not feel like I'm fighting to go to school um I I'm not saying that we're rich in any way, shape, or form, but living in Canada, living in Vancouver, um, and all along seeing how God's provided for this family, um, it's it's really been kind of the foundation of being able to have opportunities. And um, so sometimes the ambition also comes out of guilt. Um, so it's a tough one. Uh, like I said, something I still struggle with is the guilt of not doing enough, not being enough because of the privilege that's been given to me. Um, but it is something that propels me to want to do more, to love people more and to serve more. Um, but if it comes out of that heart versus God's given and therefore I can now love, then a lot of times I feel more overwhelmed than feeling like purposeful even. So it's a, it's a very fine line, but Maybe it's the introverted side of me that I I spend a lot of time thinking and um, oftentimes wrestle because I overthink or I or even reflect a little bit too much sometimes without uh, external input. Mm, so yeah. yeah, intertwine again with meeting people. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, what I'm hearing is that you wrestle with the idea of having ambitions or not having ambitions mm. with the call that God has on you and His commands and mm -hmm. his mandates in terms of so you're trying to put god first in all things mm. so even though it might uh, and often i know it's true in my own life like often what god says is going against my earthly <laughs> fleshly desires mm -hmm. right so i think it's taking some time to discern that and, and to move forward mm. uh, yeah so i mean ch changing gears a little bit you do have uh, a doctor of traditional chinese medicine mm -hmm. uh, that's your official title which i know you don't throw around very often uh, at, at all. Uh, but how would you explain what traditional Chinese medicine is uh, mm -hmm. to someone that has never heard of it before? 
someone right. that's not of Asian uh, background, Chinese background, perhaps. Uh, yeah. Because most of us that are Asian have heard of it, at least have seen it of some shape or mm. form, right? So how would you explain it to someone that's never heard of it before? Uh, well, just knowing a little bit of history, I know that word turns some people off, but just knowing the history of how long the Chinese people have been around for, um, we know that no matter what time in history, people have been sick. So whenever you know we see people being sick, we want to find the best way possible to help them alleviate pain. Um, yeah, alleviate their discomforts. And I think that's kind of where it all started, um, just with the philosophy of that we are part of nature, and that there's things that moves, that we're part of a, uh, a natural rhythm and cycle that uh, clearly we see even with the four seasons um, that we recognize here in the in the West. Um, so I think TCM kind of comes from that, TCM being traditional Chinese medicine, which I'll probably use TCM <laughs> to shorten things. Um, so TCM being kind of a mixture of medicine, philosophy, um, and history all, all intertwined. Um, there's a lot of knowledge through, I would say, trial and error of attempts of learning how we as human beings are incorporated in this world, how things flow, how there's an ebb and flow with things, and uh, there's something called the balance. And um, in TCM, the understanding of balance being, uh, I'm going to bring this term in, and I know maybe it's going to trigger some things for some, but yin and yang, and this idea of having a light as there is darkness um, and how they kind of play off of each other that there is well there's night and there's also day um, there's also this moving energy and also a more uh, quiet and stillness energy that kind of runs through all of life so with tcm i would say that it's understanding nature and understanding life holistically and uh when we look at the human body, we see that a person is made out of not just the physical, not just the mental, not just the emotional, not only the spiritual, but all of those things in combination. And so, uh, yeah, with the TCM that I know and understand thus far, because I'm still learning, I can see that um, it's an understanding of the human body. And whenever there are disruptions, disruptions to these flows, um, oftentimes, long-term leads to some sort of ailment, some sort of uh, imbalance. And we see them as symptoms or as discomforts and pain. Yeah. So if I'm understanding again, it's a long tradition and in, in, in history uh, to it that's been observed over centuries of what we have seen in the human body. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and maybe in some sense, the science that we have now is catching up with the language that we have, mm. giving us language anyways, language yeah. and explaining what's happening in the body. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and what I find fascinating though, as, as you're sharing that is, is that even in the conversation earlier that we, that we had, where you mentioned that, oh, maybe many people don't believe in it, mm. which is fascinating to, to me, that, that kind of comment, because like we, we don't need to say that about science. Like we don't need to believe in science, you know, in the sense of like, well, maybe in a time of vaccinations and all that, like I shouldn't say something like that. Maybe some sure. people don't believe in science uh, or believe in that like, like science isn't seen as a faith. 
like you mm-hmm. know it's like, yeah. like generally speak that's what i'm trying to say right so versus like where we talk about tcm it's like well like some people might say i don't believe in acupuncture mm-hmm. or i don't believe in, in tcm uh, mm-hmm. whereas tcm does actually come from observations yep let's just say that way and maybe the language was I simple don't know. yeah it was simple and do you do you think the language could be updated in terms of Definitely. explaining what we what we see I think so. Yeah. But I think a lot of the Western understanding as well, we give something a name uh, and, and we think that it has to be fixed. I think there's a, an aspect of understanding things and thinking like it always has to be like this, um, that I think we run into more problems that way. And, and so whether that's like Western in general, Western thinking in general, um, or it's just a lack of life, <laughs> lack of history. Um, I think there's a lot of wisdom that's come through Chinese culture um, just because of history. And I'm not saying that there's it's better than anyone, but with history, with experience comes wisdom. And we can learn a lot from that. Um, whereas if we think that, oh, what we see now is the, you know, the all and be all kind of thing, I think we fall into a trap of thinking that's it. Um, and that everything else needs to revolve around us. Um, so yeah, I kind of see TCM that way, that it's a much bigger picture of the things that I might not understand. Uh, we can definitely change the lingo of things to be able to understand it from our understanding with our Western understanding. Um, but it cannot be completely understood still because, because Western understanding looks at things from a very controlled point of view. If you look at science, it has mm-hmm. to be controlled trials, right? And right. that's how you you know determine whether it's fact or it's uh still needs to be tested so right or even measured or measured yeah, yeah. i think that's something that's really like, like when you mentioned the yin and yang part mm-hmm. it's like from, from a western point of view that's very fascinating because it's like how do you measure mm-hmm. that or and and if you can't measure it which speaks into faith in general yeah i think like if you can't measure it then how do you really know mm. uh, and i i think that kind that goes again so i i guess maybe helping us understand a little bit more. What, what are some examples of balance? Well, I think um, in, our, in our culture of understanding our body or even being aware, awareness of our body, um, it's quite low. If someone experiences pain, oftentimes I think we've grown up thinking, uh, oh, I'm young, I'll, I'll just deal with it, it'll go away. Um, and things like minor things like uh, a light dry cough or runny nose or going outside running in the rain um i think growing up in a chinese family that's often been things there's been wisdoms passed down um even our parents might not fully understand but there's been wisdoms passed down saying things like don't eat so don't eat so many um fries because if you eat it you're gonna get a nosebleed um these things it, it didn't make sense to me before but i think starting to understand the balance shows up as nosebleed being something that it shouldn't be happening on a regular basis, right? Um, and yeah, and then there's certain things that we put into the body that affects the body. And so um, our body naturally does have a tendency to be able to heal. So it's not just like uh, X, X going in equals to X going out. And it's not for us to calculate everything, but I think there is an aspect to understanding uh, even for ourselves, like awareness of, when you feel good, why does that feel good? Like, 
And when I don't think we know what feel, good feels like until we experience bad or when we feel when we experience um, sickness. So if you guys have ever had a fever and or felt like a really bad cough or had pain, like that disrupts everything. And knowing that that's not supposed to happen, like I think already speaks into balance. Um, but other natural examples would be like the time of night we go to bed, like at the time, which time we go to bed and mm. how we feel in the morning. Like oftentimes we're like, oh, I feel so tired all the time. And then no one really tells you that maybe sleeping earlier is a better call. Um, they'll, you know, there's reasons for many things these days, like, oh, you're a night owl, which I'm not saying you cannot be. Every single person is still different. But I think we as human beings have, we're, once again, we're part of a natural rhythm. Um, and the natural rhythm being the sun rising and the sun setting. And we gain energy from the sun rising. Um, so there is something that speaks into those rhythms. Even I think for us, looking at babies really help us understand what those rhythms might look like. Um, basic rhythms of needing to eat, needing to poop, needing to sleep, um, and things that disrupt those very basic rhythms will lead into, mm. yeah, ailments. Yeah. I what do you mean by we can gain energy from the sun? arising like are you talking about more of like when the day happens naturally we wake yes exactly and we, yeah, yeah and we go into our normal rhythms yes, uh, yes exactly okay. why is it that when the night comes like it's it's told to us our body tells us it's time to go to bed like why like right. why don't you just stay awake right. all the time why don't you switch right. it up right. and like when you do switch it up when though for those who have night shifts right what happens long term Mm-hmm. like what happens mm-hmm. to that person's body long term mm-hmm. like these are things that through experience it may be in your when you're in your 20s 30s even 40s you can still handle it but what happens later like what happens to your sleep cycle and your rhythm um your energy level afterwards do you feel mm-hmm. exhausted all the time do you feel like um just something's off do you feel like you're sighing all the time mm-hmm. like these are these are actually very small things but we see them as mm-hmm. um symptoms to an imbalance I had this illustration before of someone explaining to me, it's like, imagine there are aliens and they come down to <laughs> earth and they don't know anything about human beings. And we got to explain what sleep is. Yeah. And, and to explain it. So from a, from an alien's perspective is like, so you're telling me every day you're supposed to lie down and do nothing for eight hours. And then if you don't do it, if you don't do it, then you will die. Yeah. And, so, and that's a, this is a natural rhythms of, of how things are. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so T- TCM, uh, it is gaining acceptance worldwide. Mm. Uh, I would say like there, there's certain things like we even mentioned acupuncture, right? Like we mm-hmm. go to the physio, like even like Western medicine now, like physios are starting to do acupuncture in terms of called needling or something like dry like, needling, yeah. yeah, dry needling or putting a, a electricity to it and whatnot, mm. but that's not a new invention. Like that's something, like you said, it's very ancient uh, in mm. terms of uh, within, within TCM. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, I still think there's some gray areas mm-hmm. uh, within it that within our Western understanding and culture, it's very difficult. And what, what's what, what's difficult is that you mentioned our Chinese uh, Asian traditions mm-hmm. where you're like, hey, don't eat fries or you get a nosebleed. And yep. there are other ones, right? Like, go, don't go to sleep with your hair, hair wet. Yep. Uh, and I think, there is some, I think there's some science to that, actually. You know, mm-hmm. TCM or science-wise, like, makes sense. You get cold and 
mm-hmm. you know, like don't sleep with the fan blowing right into you. Yep. Like those are ones. Uh, but then here's the thing. There's some other ones where it, it gets all looped into it, where it's like, don't leave your chopstick standing in the rice. Mm. Right. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, or else bad things will happen. Or what are some other ones? Like something to do with mirrors, yeah. you know, all those kind of things. And I, I think that's very fascinating to me because mm. for us, like uh, second generation, mm-hmm. you grow up in between these. Yeah. And you're trying to navigate and and find, like, f- 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 find you know what 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 is what what do I believe in? What is what makes sense and what doesn't? Mm-hmm. So, do you want to speak into that in terms of what are some of the gray areas where, you, like, from your perspective, like even in your education and your learning, you're like, as a Christian, oh. you're like, I don't I don't know, like, if this makes sense. First, first off, I think uh, the going to the point that you are saying that acupuncture is uh, much more widely accepted. That's a great thing. Um, I'm I'm thankful that people are hearing about even the name acupuncture. Um, although I would still say that it's different. Uh, depending on which profession you're doing acupuncture in, uh, because the the foundation of it is different. Um, so I'm not going to go touch too much upon that, but just know that there is a difference um, between uh, foundations of understanding nature and the balance of things versus just um, inserting a needle into into muscle or into fascia. So um, yeah, um, I'm not going to say like all acupuncture is the same. Is all I can say. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, yeah, Chinese, Chinese traditions, oh, there's hilarious. Um, I find that I, I'm still learning through them. I think it goes back to the point, I would go back to the point of hearing people's understanding and people's heart behind it. There is a lot of things that I can say I don't know. And I think we need to develop a heart like that, where to say, I, I don't know if I know. Um, and, and I think hearing God's voice in it really helps. And when I, when, when I say hearing God's voice, it really is hearing what God's, um, perspective on life is helps. So when it comes to things mm. like, um, putting or sticking your chopsticks up on, in your bowl and that symbolizing, maybe, maybe we can explain that a little bit yeah. more <laughs> for some people that symbolizing, like keep, yeah. like, you know, you, you, so, eat, you eat with chopsticks, our utensils. Right. Right. So, okay. So, so we'll paint a picture. So there's a bowl of rice. It's full. There's a bowl. It's full of rice. And it's said within Chinese tradition, I don't know about others. uh, Mm -hmm. If you stick your chopsticks straight into the rice, Mm -hmm. then it's kind of like you're setting up your own tombstone. Yeah. Right. Because it looks like the incense type of scene. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's bad luck. Wow. Uh, Yeah. um, Yeah. According to those superstitions. So, there are things like that where I think when it comes to superstition, there is a lot of um, uh, touch into the spiritual realm things that I can't still say that I understand right. fully. Right. Um, I don't believe that when you do things without the knowledge of doing it, that it, it leads to something bad. Um, it's different if you were to go and uh, find a what are those called? Like voodoo doll? Like seek out the occult kind of, Seeking, kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Many practices out there that kind of tell you you have control over your neighbor or your enemy or you have control over your spiritual fate, right, or destiny. Um, but then there are also things that it's still so intertwined in our understanding of Chinese culture, at least, like things like feng, feng shui, right? 
feng shui is like a big one feng shui is a big one where it's like oh if you turn your face towards this direction or you sit in this manner then good luck will come um i i caution uh with things like that because it's saying that we have control over all things and that if we change those variables mm. then we have control over our fate but i do understand that there is still a little bit of wisdom to some of it for example i'm even in my house right now like in the basement chinese people already know that like it's very damp you don't want to sleep in the basement if you don't have to don't rent an apartment in the basement if you don't have to um so the reason being dampness is one of those things that will enter the body and you'll feel actually heavy you'll feel more lethargic more fatigued, um, more ailments like arthritis and things like that, that come down through Chinese understanding of the body um, to be quite true, or at least ring quite true later on in life. And so I think there is some wisdom to some of the things that are passed down, but I'm not going to um, say that as a whole thing, like we have to accept it or as a whole thing, we need to deny it. I think it really comes down to everything to test and everything to match it up to God's word and to say, like, God, what do you say about this? And where should I stand on this? Um, at least that's been kind of where I, the only thing that I can do um, and feel like it's going to be a journey for the rest of my life to discover. And you're willingly putting yourself into these crossroads again, you know, in, in terms yes. of like having these kind of conversations. Uh, and I guess leading into that, like, how have you found your faith to play a role? Like, which is huge already, mm. what you've been sharing in terms of everything you're learning and seeing, you're discerning it through the lens of scripture because you mm. are Christian first. And I can attest that in, you know, in the way that you, I see you live your life. Uh, so e even in the prayer nights you shared about before, often you would share like, oh, you know, I, I heard this at school today during my mm. program and wrestling with this, or I had this conversation with these fellow students and you know, can you just pray for the sermon and that I would handle it in, in a God-loving and mm -hmm. gentle way? Uh, and for, for those that don't know, like you studied actually here locally. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's actually a school locally in Vancouver. So it's not, you know, the mountain nope. range, even though you went to China for a year to, to learn. But, you know, uh, what's the name of the college again or the school? Um, it's changed now, but okay. when I knew it, I really should know this. I, I work for them now, right. um, but International College of Traditional Chinese Medicine of Vancouver. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. long. So yeah. it's, yeah, I actually didn't continue my story there for how it all transitioned, but yes. Um, when I, when I came to realize there was a school here in Vancouver that I got to come home, uh, to study it. That's what I, that's the route that I took. And because I already was away for, for university for five years and felt it was time to spend time with my parents again um, to really take care of them. So, yeah, so that I came back here. Um, your initial question, though. Yeah, in terms of how, how have you uh, been able to live out, live out your faith mm. uh, in, in this, in, in this uh, area? Uh, so I, I want to share with us any conversations you've had or even wrestlings like th mm. from the pro start of the program all the way till now. For sure. I think when it comes to my faith, the biggest thing, biggest motto that I've gone by um, that has sustained me has been God to, to your glory and yours alone. Um, so I think in every decision that is made, what glorifies God and honors him is um to be able to love on people and 
and that means uh, spending time with people in conversation. It means sometimes dropping important things to be with people who need it. And I think it's, yeah, it's really definitely, it's played a part in every aspect of life. Um, it can get tiring if I don't, I don't pull from the source of strength, which is God himself. If I look to myself or feel like, oh, I need to do this or I need to take that call, then it, it can get tiring, which is when I start to run away <laughs> from these type of calls. But if not, I feel like there's always, I feel like we as human beings, um, especially more so as Christians, people who follow Christ are always on call, um, on call for how God's spirit leads us to, to encounter the people around us. And it's really exciting. Like I don't enjoy traveling because like day, every day is a travel, like every day is adventure. Like who knows what conversations you come to have and what people might share. And uh, throughout those conversations, I just love how I get to invite God into it. Um, it seems to be the most life-giving moment for me is when I know I'm pressed. I, I hear a story in front of me and I don't know what to say. And so the only thing I can ask for through God is like, God, be here, be now. Um, Holy Spirit, speak through me. Uh, give me the words that would encourage this person. Let them know that you are the one that loves them um, unconditionally. And, and that even though this life may feel hopeless at times, that you are the only one that can give hope. Um, so yeah, that plays into definitely all of what I've um, enjoyed, which is whether in work or in relationships and, and friendships. Um, but yeah, when it comes to school, I remember, I remember uh, even classmates going through really rough times and um, yeah, you get to know people after five years of being in the same class with them. And so it's those friendships I, I really enjoyed as well. Um, in terms of understanding or hearing things about TCM and trying to understand that too. I think it's the same thing, inviting God into that conversation. Like, God, what do you say about this? I, I don't know. I don't understand. I can't seem to wrap my head around it. Um, it seems off, but I don't know exactly what. And yet there's some truth to it. I don't know exactly what. Um, I'm I feel like it's a constant prayer or like a constant talk with him, with God. And I feel like that's kind of what sustains me. Um, so, yeah. I, I get a feel of, as if every day you're going into this field with a warlike kind of mentality. Or not warlike, maybe, mm. maybe a sense of like being on your guard. Yeah. Like, you know, like having a discerning mind versus like mindlessly going into mm. something that you're being conscious in terms of what, what you're doing. And it reminds me too of, it's probably a talk that we've heard before, but in terms of how Christians mm. are needed mm. in all fields, unless it's, it's literally, you know, against yep. <laughs> what, what Christianity stands for. But I think like, like to see Christians mm. in all fields uh, and, and to that the, our work and our role in the world is how to be Christians in a field and help to be part of the mm. transformation work uh, in that field. And that's what I see with what you're doing. Have there been moments where you, I don't know, you're comfortable sharing in terms of like what the teachers have been teaching you and you're like, oh, yeah, ah. you're not the most, you're not, you're not the most confrontational person either, but I don't know if there's thoughts where you're like, yeah, that's, 
That seems a bit. I'm I'm know. not the type that would um, challenge someone for the sake of challenging someone, um, but I am someone who, if I see something or hear something that doesn't sit well with me or at least with my conscience, like um, for the sake of unity and for the sake of furthering that friendship, I will bring it up. Um, so yeah, with teachers, I remember early on in my TCM career or schooling. The things were taught and I'm like I don't I can't like it this cannot be true um god what do you say about nature and, and how you've made all things and and so yeah I remember those type of conversations and I remember friends in school who would dive into very spiritual um practices that weren't necessary are not are not in any way um looking to to Jesus and I think even the idea of God um, was something that I wrestled, like not the idea of God, but the idea of knowing who this God is, this one true God uh, is something that throughout all of TCM, I've had to kind of come to ask him more about who he is because a lot of different religions, a lot of practices out there. Um, I know we're, we live in a Western world. So there's a lot of things that we almost turn a blind eye to, or, you know, categorize like, Oh, if you're a Buddhist, you're a Buddhist. If you are, whatever like labels right um if you practice yoga you do meditation and there's like all these different types of spiritualized practices that in general we we kind of want to stay away from because we don't understand so there's a bit of fear to that um but i learned a lot about it um throughout school not through school but through the people in the school and their their views on life and like what gives them some sort of hope is to have a bit of control into um, their spiritual, I guess you can say spiritual harmony. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, it's yeah. weird. Is he sharing that? I think of Daniel in Babylon for some reason. Mm. What well, mm. very much parallels your story in terms of being in a world that's not known, I guess, uh, to our religion, to Christianity. Mm. Uh, but you are there making transformations and like people would argue, right? Like the, the whole conversation, like should Daniel have fought more about changing his name? Mm. Right. But then that wasn't part of the call. Like in that aspect, he was like, Hey, this is what God's called me to do is more of the relationships and the ways that I live out my faith. Like the name is just a name, mm -hmm. uh, but who I really am, it's in the heart. Right. Mm. So, which is what I see you going into with that kind of attitude. But I guess I want to ask you though, like have, has there been any pushback? whether it's from your family, whether from Christian circles, whether from the church community in terms mm. of what you're doing? I haven't had full right, like someone uh, saying to my face, like, oh, you're you're walking down the wrong path or like, that's not Jesus' way or anything like that. But I definitely had some conversations or even like reservations with friends even. Um, to the validity of TCM. And um, I can hear the tone of voice when someone feels uncomfortable or that there is a lack of trust there, which I completely understand. If it's something you don't know, why would you trust it? Like I was there too. Um, so yeah, uh, yes, there is. There's definitely people who don't understand yet. I, I mean, I can't even say I fully understand, but it is I take it one person at a time and if someone wants to hear about it I'm more than happy to share but it's not something that I want to impose on others similar to faith I think it's it comes there is a time and place 
to share. And um, it comes with invitation. Like if sometimes in a conversation, it just, I hear God saying, hey, you can talk about this part of me or like share this little nugget of truth, like then then go ahead, right? And I, I just hear like, that's that's something, or God's the one that kind of leads those conversations. So whether it's TCM, whether it's my faith, um, in both ways, I don't, I don't like to push things on in people onto people. Um, but if they want to know more about me or like my life and how God's influenced me like that day, like I will share it. If someone asks me, oh, how are you doing? I hate, I hate just saying good. Like, like I don't mind sharing more because there's more to it than good and what makes good, good or what makes okay, okay versus it's a great day, you know? Um, and that's where God's stories come into play. So I love sharing those things, uh, God's stories. I love that in terms of going into, again, your field with that discernment. And it's not, we often like to put things into a box. Hmm. Like you said, we want to categorize things, we want to label things. Is it right or wrong? You know, and, and, some, and sometimes I, I get that because I think the morality is built into us. But I think what, as Christians, the spirit of God is in us. Mm. even more than yeah. whatever it is that we're, we're taught in a sense. Yeah. So I think that heart of discernment going into it, whatever it is, I think what you wrestle with can parallel with many other fields, mm. right? And any other decision we need to make in life that it's not as simple as yes or no, it's actually, God, what are you saying in this? And is this mm-hmm. the lion's den, quote unquote, we want to say, you know, that you're putting me into that, yeah. of course, naturally is not good to go into the lion's den. Like, like that, mm-hmm. you just look at it from yes or no, like, no, right? Yeah. But then in that situation, it's yes, right? Yeah. I mean, no one else can really tell you besides God. And people can, you, you discern with people, of course. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think often we shut down opportunities because we shut down what God is doing before we even hear him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just imagine like, I don't know how many other Christians you've met mm-hmm. in, in your field, uh, right? That are doing the way, yeah. doing that's transforming the field in the way that you are doing it. So in some sense, you really are a trailblazer. Hmm. I'm not sure if you've thought about it that way. Like a trailblazer in this specific realm of things? For sure. I think in when it comes to our generation, I do sense that. Um, it's hard to uh, uh, reconcile, I guess you can say. Reconcile the Chinese cultured things, the superstitions, understanding of that uh, and bridging that with our our second generation Chinese, like understanding of the world. So I do sense that. Um, thankfully, and by God's grace, he has brought one or two others that are older in their, in their practice, um, a little bit more mature in their faith as well, who have been huge uh, impacts for me um, when it comes to this being in this field and really sensing that there is a mentorship going on there of you know, being able to help people through this field, but also having a heart of missions and a heart of really sharing God's love um, through this field. Um, so it's been uh, really encouraging. And at least I feel quite supported in that sense. Um, and I know I'm not alone, but it would be great to hear from more and to, you know, get to know more people and how God's doing, what God's doing in their practice as well. This is coming from someone that said that you don't feel like you have much ambition. Uh, I find it fascinating. This the circle, the full circle has come in terms of feeling like you're 
you're content, but not having ambition, but yet God has placed this ambition as mm. he's given you his ambition of missions, of loving people, of proclaiming the gospel. And this is your platform to do it. And mm. this is the, the area that you are changing. Mm. Uh, so, so t- time is running out, mm-hmm. unfortunately, always, I, always. I, I always say this, like there's, there's more we can explore here and there's other topics I want to explore more with you mm-hmm. uh, in, in the future. But I guess like, is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with today? Maybe those that are, have reservations about TCM, not mm-hmm. that we're trying to convince anyone of anything. Like, I think at the end of the day, God's the one that, <laughs> that changes hearts. Right. Yeah. Uh, but like, is there something you want to leave us with that has to do mm-hmm. with discerning or going just going to the unknown or Mm. anything with TCM I'll leave it open yeah I mean I think just in this conversation alone hearing about uh being reminded again of how God's been the one who who has always led my every decision um and I I think it's an encouragement for all the listeners out out here um as well that God will speak when you ask him uh what his thoughts are and how, how he wants to show you life. Um, life is so much more ex- exciting and adventurous in ways that I, I would say, like for me, travel doesn't, you know, even touch closely upon because people keep changing. It's always this never ending kind of complexity to a human understanding or human, human life. Um, and yet, it's the DNA of like who God is as well. Like that human beings are made in the image of God, believing that and trusting that um, God wants to show us more of himself through one another. So yeah, my encouragement would be just pursue God, like know his voice. If you don't know his voice, like, get to know his voice. It's not something that just comes overnight. It's really just a relationship that's built long-term of hearing someone and you know, knowing what that person would say if they were put in a different situation. And yeah, and when that, when, as that's being built slowly, I think the confidence of trusting that God is, God knows best and God has best in store for us. He's not withholding any good from us. I think those type of promises I hold on to and gives me, it, it propels my faith to be able to trust him in whatever next season, next chapter, um, you know, new, new pains that might come um but to know that there is purpose to it all and to know um that we're part of something actually quite eternal not just for the here and now well that was my conversation with jermaine and as we live out our lives as christians we often find ourselves at interesting intersections just like the ones that she's in it's true, we often need wisdom and guidance from the Holy Spirit to know what to say, what to do, and for discernment overall. There really isn't one blanket answer or blanket statement for the complex issues that we wrestle with in life. I hope that there are parts that spoke to and resonated with you this episode. More importantly, I pray that these conversations we have will move you to become more like Jesus. Well, that's all we have for today. We have a new episode every two weeks on the Wednesday. And please join us again for part two of my conversation with Jessica Lim, who was back on in episode five when she shared about trusting God and being in the season of waiting. This time around, she shares a little bit more about missions and the importance of community, especially since she's lived in many parts of the world. Here's a short excerpt of our conversation together. You're, you won't, like you'll go in with plans and stuff like that, but I think it's really how you approach and how you react 
to when you need to let go of those plans? Like, do you, um, like when you realize, oh, I need to like adjust this plan or throw it out, like, are you kind of, do you feel bitter or do you feel like, uh, uh, right? Like uh, a uh. sense of like, oh, I'm so vexed. Or is it like, okay, like it, it sucks, but at the same time, I'm not going to let that impede me from moving forward. Some real good stuff right there. And I'm excited to share that conversation with you. The next time there's a new episode, it's going to be post Christmas. So though Christmas looks very different this year, or at least in our part of the world anyway, wherever it is you're listening from, from the bottom of my heart, I wish you a very Merry Christmas and may the hope, peace, joy, and love of Christ shine upon you this season. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.